All right, ladies and gentlemen, and all-star baseball players, and James and Tyler doing his little bobblehead thing. Welcome to TLDR <laughs> Podcast, episode 107. Uh, I missed it last week. I was on vacation, and now Traden is still in Canada riding moose or moose and eating poutine or whatever they do in Canada. I don't know. Traden's <laughs> not here. So it's just going to be James, Tyler, and myself this uh, this episode. Uh, James, let's start with you, buddy. How's it going? How was your Tuesday? Forgot what day of the week it was for a second there. It, it, it is got? Tuesday. Tuesday is good. Um, I think Traden is celebrating Kylie's birthday because Kylie's birthday is today. So happy birthday, Kylie. Happy birthday, Kylie. She is now 35, I think. <laughs> she might be a little bit older than Alex at this point. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I have no idea who she is, but she's not 35. Uh, my Tuesday has been good. I um. I worked out, <laughs> went to work, worked out again, and then now I'm here. Like, that's pretty much my every day. But I, I'm going to get some food later, which I'm very excited for. Getting it a chicken, teriyaki, and steak plate with shrimp on the side. That's all I've been thinking about all day. Tikiyaki is where it's at. If y'all, if y'all, if you guys know what that is, tikiyaki is where it's at. Okay, I don't know what that is, but it sounds great. Uh, James, please send me some. Uh, <laughs> birthdays. Tyler, yours was on saturday yes was. The, whatever day the 16th was yep, again I don't, I don't know the day of the week or what the date is so there we go days are high. uh how was your birthday how are you doing all that B- fun birthday stuff. birthday was great uh james is there and our friend gabby was there um we started out at uh golden road across the street from angel stadium hoping that tickets would drop down to a reasonable price but for whatever reason angel stadium decided to hike up their price stupidly for a regular season baseball game so we ended up doing that and we ended up going bowling instead, which was way more fun. Um, and I think a much better, better time ha- was had by all. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. James, I beat you in the first round and I believe you won the last round. So we were even. I won the next three. So it's, <laughs> definitely, it's definitely not what like happened. Four rounds. It's definitely not what happened. <laughs> I was just really drunk at that point. Was I was, asleep, so I was, what yeah, I was drunk bowling, which was a little dangerous, but um, I, I managed to uh, have a good time and it was all good. So yeah, good. It was a good, good solid birthday uh tyler how sore are you after bowling okay it was weird as i really expected my either my forearm or my shoulder to be sore but my left hip is killing me so <laughs> that tells you what comes with age is your is your hips start getting so evil so that's a brand yeah. new experience never happened ever okay. yeah uh, that's tyler for you right there everybody yeah. you guys don't it. know him by now that just puts it all into perspective tightest hips um, i have big for you guys on my vacation, I played golf. Oh my god! No, not really. I oh, found a stick. Fuck? Well, I played fake golf. I played fake golf. I found a stick and some pine cones, and I hit some pine cones off of the driveway with the stick. So. <laughs> Redneck golf. <laughs> Redneck yeah. golf. <laughs> it was a great time. Um, we will. You know, fuck it. We're not going to take a break. We're just going to go right into it. Uh, hopefully, everybody's ready. Um, it is All Star Week. Weekend, week, whatever you want to call it in Major League Baseball. As we're recording, the All-Star game is about to start. So we're technically at the, or sort of at the halfway point. So Tyler, why don't you just lead us through uh, your O-Dams? Yes, let's do it. The All-Star game is about to start as we speak. They just finished the National Anthem, Flyover, uh, all those, all that hoopla. Uh, You guys aren't watching, but last week, um, I promised James that I I would have a bobblehead with me because he misses the bobbleheads in the background of my new place. So uh, I got Clayton Kershaw today because he's starting the NL All-Star game, and that's awesome. Um, 
So I got Quaze hey, Kershaw. Not out of the box, but here's Trey Turner starting oh, shortstop. Beautiful. And but then I Trey just Turner. Tied, so it's not out of the box. Yeah. Nice. I have a Trevor Zegers one now. Fun fact. That's true. Different I, sport, but I still have one. Thank you, Tyler. You're welcome. I've uh, been having that, – that's been sitting in my house for months. I've been trying to give it to you, and I finally remembered to bring it to you. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but, yeah, so All-Star Game is happening. Um and it's, it's going to be great. So we're going to be recording right during the All-Star game. So I'm going to try not to be too distracted by Kirsch starting in a few minutes here, but we'll do our best. Um, but real quick update from last week. Uh, we talked about um, Freddie Freeman's uh, agent, um, Casey, uh, Casey Close, who had a whole drama going on. Uh, update from that is that he, ended up, he did end up filing a lawsuit, a, a defamation lawsuit against radio host Doug Gottlieb, who is the person that tweeted about basically that he didn't tell Freddie Freeman about the final offer. So that might be something you might hear in the news a little bit, but that's just an, an update for you all. So legally shit's going down and it's pretty wild. Uh, Alex, I know you weren't here last week, but real quick, do you have any like thoughts on that whole situation? Uh, I mean, it's super strange. I mean, I feel pretty bad for Freddie Freeman. Like none of this needed to get out into the public if like we're being completely honest. So, um, you know, it, it sounded like he wanted to stay in Atlanta and then the Braves pivoted and went another direction. Um, you know, I guess like if you're suing for slander or whatever it is, that's obviously not okay. So like, don't do that. But um, yeah, uh, you know, at, I mean, at this point, like Freddie, if you didn't like what your agent was doing, I mean, maybe it was time to move on either way. Um, I mean, you Seems like you got a pretty sweet deal going on here in LA at this point. So I'm kind of hoping this just kind of fades into the background. Um, you know, I don't really think the Braves want to talk about it. I don't think the Dodgers want to talk about it. I don't think Freddie wants to talk about it. Like what's done is done. So I'd say just move on. Yeah. Pretty wild, pretty, pretty crazy situation. Um, but we'll see what happens with the whole lawsuit. Um, so moving on to current, current things. Uh, the home run derby was last night, guys. And it was a great one. Uh, James almost predicted it correctly. He came very close. He did the, he predicted Julio Rodriguez to win. He made it all the way to the final. He, he did end up hitting the most home runs from anyone by a good amount. I think he hit like 81. I think Juan Soto, the winner hit like 52 or 53. Um, unfortunately, Soto just bested him in the, in, in the, the last round there. Um, so it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great derby, uh, lots going on. Uh, Juan Soto didn't end up winning it all. In the end, I believe it was 19 to 18 was the final score in the, in, in the final round. Um, these are always fun. Balls were – I've never seen so many baseballs hit so far at Dodger Stadium all in, in the matter of an hour and a half. It was, it was very fun to watch. Um, lots of good – lots of good uh, power from all, from all uh, com com competitors there. Albert Pujols competed in it. Uh, he ended up making it past the first round, which I don't think anyone expected. Uh, so that was pretty fun too. Um, but just kind of your guys' overall thoughts and, and kind of uh, what you guys took out of this year's home run derby. Alex, I'll start with you. Yeah, um, I don't – I like the new format compared to old formats from, like, when we were growing up. Um, shout out to T.O. Albert for, like, making it past the first round. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, what are you doing? Yeah, um, yeah it kind of feels like if you end up being second – in that last round, you're probably going to win because you get a lot more time to rest. Um, you know, luckily it was early enough in the day where it was still hot enough that the balls were flying out of Los Angeles. Cause if it was like three hours later, I feel like we would have seen a lot more wall scrapers, which would have been way less fun. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the home run derby is always super fun. Um, I mean, 
but yeah, it kind of sucks. Like when Julio Rodriguez hit 30 more homers than Juan Soto, but loses, like, I don't know, maybe they could just each like don't even do a bracket and have, you know, do it time, like timed again. And just whoever hits the top four who hit the most move on and then just keep going that way. Cause I mean, I know it's fun to like compare and contrast, but kind of sucks when that happens. Like when Josh Hamilton didn't win in like 2009, but he hit a bajillion home runs, but it didn't count because Justin Morneau hit more in the final round. I don't know. Maybe it's time to switch it up again. Yeah. Interesting. Um, James, what, what was your take from this home run derby? And were you glued? Did you really want Julio to win that last round so you could just talk shit to everybody? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what this is about, right? Yeah. You want to win so you can talk shit and have bragging rights. Fortunately, I did not win. But I think I was right in my reasoning and why I picked Julio Rodriguez, and that's because the younger people have more endurance and have more pop. And it re- if you're like the way the bracket's set up, if you go first, you're kind of at a disadvantage because you're just going to keep going and going and going, as opposed to if you were going second, like Juan Soto did a couple of times. Once you get past that next one, once you get like one more than the person who went before you, you can just stop. And that's the reason why he has noticeably less because he just one up the guy that he was supposed to beat and conserved his energy. But if you're going first, you just got to keep hammering that shit away. And hopefully you have more than the person who goes next. Uh, but I, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of home run derby, so I have no idea what like the previous format was, but this was cool. Like the only, the only time I've ever watched it was the last two years. And I really enjoyed it so far. Um, I don't How do they set up the bracket? Is it arbitrary or is it just based off how many home runs they have it's, going into all-star break? Yeah. It's based on the amount of home runs you have going in. So Obviously, Kyle uh, Schwarber sucks. Yeah, so Schwarber, Schwarber I think Schwarber was the one seed because uh, he, he had the most home he runs. Was. Um, so that's just how that works. But obviously, home run derby is it's a whole other animal. Um, but it, it's definitely mm-hmm. fun to watch. Uh, James, before that, um, the home run derby was basically you had ten outs. So basically, you had, you can go as many swings as you want, and any swing that did not result in a home run was an out, and you had ten. Um, so rounds could last forever. Like, oh. like you, so there'd be some guys that would like take like five pitches in a row because they didn't like the pitch. So the home run derby lasted a lot longer, but there were a lot fewer home runs. Um, so, uh, cause like some guys would get, you know, maybe two home runs in a round and then the rest of them, they would pop up or just barely miss it versus now it's just timed and they can, you know, get 10 swings in a row where they don't hit home runs, but then 10 in a row, they do hit home runs. So I've, I like the time format a lot better. I think it's way more exciting. Um, I just think, I feel like this. Okay, derby, what is the point of the extra 30 seconds? Like might as well make it three minutes and 30 seconds instead of giving everybody else an extra 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, I and think that's just that? like, everyone likes the long ball. So the, you know, hitting the ball home run or hitting one over 440 just gives incentive for people to want to mash the ball. And so that's just kind of sc- another you know, minute. Don't they it. automatically get 30 seconds? No, like, they automatically get the first 30. And then if they get the no, two, they're, four, they're, the they're, two over 240, there was a couple of players who didn't get that extra bonus because they didn't hit a single home run past 440 uh so it's so it's yeah so if, if you get one over 440 it's 30 if you get two over 440 it's a minute um but then it caps in a minute yeah so uh, it was fun there wasn't any like buzzer beater rounds which was fun because i feel like the last few years there's been at least a couple where it's like the guy will like hit the home run to win like at the buzzer there wasn't really too many there wasn't really any of those where i was really like and it was like really exciting towards the end the final round was probably the one that was the closest where I was like, I'm not sure if Soto can catch up or not. Um, but it still wasn't like a buzzer beater. It was like pretty much 30 seconds. Like, oh, he, he, he needs one more and he's good. So there wasn't that one where it came down the final like five seconds and he needed like two more to win it, um, which, which, which has happened in the past, which is kind of fun. But overall, good derby. 
Um, so it was definitely a, a lot of fun this year. Um, and speaking of Juan Soto, the champion that won, uh, the big news from him last week was that uh, he rejected the Nationals offer, which would have been the largest in MLB history at 15 years, $440 million. Uh, Soto said no. And after Soto said no, uh, the Nationals pretty much openly said he's on the market and they're, they're looking to trade him. And there's a lot of insiders that expect Juan Soto to be traded before the deadline, uh, which is pretty crazy. This is probably the top talent in, the, in his generation that's on the market. Um, so obviously he, he's going to be getting, they're naturally going to be getting phone calls every minute of every day for the next two weeks, trying to figure out if it's even possible. It's probably going to be a huge, huge return for the nationals. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane. So I just want to get your guys' take on, on, on the Juan Soto, a re, re, rejecting an offer that ridiculous and two, you know, looking at possible suitors, where do you think like realistically a team could actually trade for Juan Soto? And where do you think some teams like, like where, where might he land? Uh, James, what do you think? Um, well, I think Juan Soto wants to reject that offer because he wants to win, and <laughs> the Nationals just aren't doing it right now. Um, as far as where he lands, I got two teams. And the first one, I, I hate saying it because I hate everything Seattle, but he might go to the Mariners. Reason being is because they got a great farm system, which means that's a lot of assets that they can send the Nationals away who are rebuilding. Uh, it's a great team with a solid core, obviously going on that 14-game heater or something like that. Uh, they want to end a massive playoff drought. And to be honest, how exciting would it be to have Julio Rodriguez and Juan Soto on the same team? Those are two wild. young studs, man. Like that, that sets up Seattle for a very long time. And I hate saying that because I hate everything Seattle. Ugh, <laughs> gross. Uh, but the other team I thought too, this is the longer shot, but the Padres. Juan Soto came up, you know, yesterday saying, oh, I liked all the Padres guys. He talked to Manny Machado and Tatis and he was like, they're really chill guys who want to win. And that's true. They do. And San Diego has shown that they don't mind spending a lot of money on people. And they have a lot of big names that they can throw out, that they can throw in the way of the, the uh, nationals. They who are veterans, who are big name guys, but it could attract more people if they go in that direction. You know what I mean? They may not necessarily get talent long term, but they could get people to show up to their ballpark if they get these big name guys in return for Juan Soto. And the Padres like to win. So that's where I'm putting it. I like those two picks. I think those are teams that, you know, trying to probably get more superstars and that could definitely launch them into, you know, a change of the guard in their respective divisions for sure. Um, Alex, what do you think of this whole situation? Um, I think the Padres like to try to win. They don't <laughs> do it all that much. Um, I mean, I, uh, on James's first point, I agree. I don't, I mean, Juan Soto is going to get paid either way. Um, I mean, as someone that's never going to have $440 million unless something drastic changes, uh, <laughs> it's really hard to understand how somebody could turn that down, especially as him being, he's only 23. Um, it's kind of wild. He's that young when he's already been in the majors for, it feels like a really long time, but yeah, James, you're right. Like he wants to win and the, the Washington nationals are a long way away. Um, you know, if he had signed this contract, he would have gone through his age 38 season, which is, you know, most likely or roughly pretty much a national for life. Um, I can see it happening with the Padres. I mean, they've definitely got a lot of good talent. Um, I don't know how the money would work because I've heard they also want to um, offload Patrick Corbin's contract and the Padres already have a lot of bloated Eric Hosmer, Will Myers kind of type contracts. So I, I don't, why would the nationals like take those guys? Um 
I don't know. I mean, I think like I think the Yankees might this is so fucking annoying. Oh no. It's probably gonna be the Yankees. They've got incredible depth. They didn't or so it's I think it's either gonna be the Yankees. They've got incredible uh, you know, prospect depth. They have young players they could trade. They already offered Aaron Judge his contract and he said no. And it pretty like it pretty much sounds like Aaron Judge is really considering leaving. Uh, some ESPN reporter lady who I don't even know who she is pretty much like 30 minutes ago, like guilt tripped Aaron judge into trying to tell him if he was going to stay in New York by like asking the question, like via a kid, like, okay, lady, like don't put that pressure on Aaron judge at a, at a all-star game. Like that's a pretty dick move. And it kind of sounds like he's really going to test the free agent market. And if there's anyone that can afford a $500 million contract it's the New York Yankees. Uh, the other one I could consider or possibly could happen is the Red Sox maybe also could afford the contract. They've got a lot of guys coming off the books this year. If Bogarts doesn't, um, you know, resign, they could possibly, you know, fiddle with some money. J.D. Martinez is a free agent. Um, obviously, I would love to see him come to the Dodgers. I don't know how that would happen with their huge contracts. And watch out for the Giants or the Rangers. You know, those are their big money teams. Other, you know, the other big money teams, I just don't see it happening. Like if you're the Cubs, what, like, why would you do that? You're just going to trade them from one shit team to another shit team. So like, look out for the big boys. I really think it's probably going to be the Yankees, which is so frustrating. Yeah, Alex, I agree when I was kind of looking at all the possible suitors, the Yankees just kind of seem to make the most sense. They, they have the, the uh, prospects to kind of give away. They have the money to sign them long-term. Um, obviously, you know, a really good point you made was the whole Aaron Judge situation. Like, is he not coming back? Obviously, you're, it's hard to replace a guy like that. I think Juan Soto is realistically the only guy that may even be better than Aaron Judge that's out there and available to get. Um, so it kind of makes sense. And it's definitely scary if he comes here there this year with, you know, a, a Stanton Judge and Soto outfield is pretty ridiculous. Um, but it definitely could happen. Uh, the only other team that you guys didn't mention that I thought about was the Blue Jays. Um, I feel like they're just, they just kind of want more depth and, and more star power out there and just trying to compete and really make that next step. Um, I don't know how their capital works. And I certainly don't think they're a team that might be able to sign Soto to that kind of deal. Um, but I think if they're desperate enough, they might just do that. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see um, all signs to the point that it's going to happen within the next couple of weeks. So definitely keep your eyes out on that. It's going to be interesting to see where he lands, but Alex, unfortunately, I do agree with you. I think the Yankees are probably the number one destination for Soto. Uh, James, also, I think your Padres pick with me would probably be my my, my number two. Um, I just kind of see it working out there in San Diego also. Um, but, but we'll see what happens. It'll certainly a huge talent uh, that's going to be very, very sought, uh, sought after at, at the trade deadline. Uh, so moving on uh, to a couple of teams that started off the season pretty bad and teams that have been pretty bad for a long time. Uh, the Mariners and Orioles both had w- recent winning streaks. Uh, the Mariners uh, winning streak is still continuing uh, into also break. They are currently on a 14 game winning streak and they have propelled themselves into a, a playoff position. They currently sit in the second wildcard spot. Uh, they're still nine games back of the AL West behind the uh, Houston Astros, but they've certainly gotten back into the postseason picture, which a lot of people had them pegged as a postseason team. They currently have the longest postseason drought of any team in, in baseball. Uh, and then the Orioles who have been, you know, bottom to pretty much, I mean, they, they're the top pick in the draft this year, um, you know, because they were the worst team in baseball and they've just lost a lot of games recently. Um, but then they went on a 10 game winning streak that got snapped uh, last Friday night. 
um, but they went 110 straight and they've propelled themselves to, to a 500 record. They're only three and a half games back of the wild card. So they're certainly in, in, in the conversation in, the, in that AL, AL wild card. Obviously, they're still 18 games back of the New York Yankees who are having their insane season. But that uh, AL East, every team in that division is at least 500 or better now that the Orioles have gotten hot. So of these two teams, just, you know, kind of the question, which of this of these winning streaks to you guys is more significant uh, this season? James, what do you think? I mean, I, the question is extremely easy to answer, in my opinion, and it's the Mariners. They're actually in a position to make a playoff push. They're well, like you said, they're in the wild card game right now. And there's a small chance. I'm not saying it, it's very, very small, but there's a chance that they still might win the division. Right. They're only nine games back. But compared to the, the Orioles, who are 18 games back, there's a huge difference there. And for the Orioles, got, they still got to face a lot of the, these really good teams in their division who are above 500, as opposed to the Mariners who play Texas, the Angels, and Oakland. Like, they still got to play these teams more often than not in the second half of the season. And with that, the Mariners are still likely to win more of those games than the Orioles are. And that will keep replying the Mariners forward and have them, give them a better chance to finally end this playoff draft. That 14-game win streak is huge for them. The Orioles, it's just it's a feel-good thing. Uh, in terms of which one's more significant, definitely the Mariners, because they might make a playoff push. For sure. Uh, Alex, do you agree or disagree with James? Yeah, I mean, I agree with him. Um, you know, they haven't made the playoffs since 2001. Um, I think it's the longest streak in the four major professional sports. Um, the Mariners had a lot more expectations coming into this season. Obviously, the Orioles... Uh, were expected to not compete in the best division in baseball. And the fact that, but to give them a little credit, the fact that they're at 500, they've been awful for the last five years. Um, it's cool to see that their rebuild is finally working. They're at 500. I don't really expect them to stay 500 because yeah, James, you're right. They still have to play all four of those other teams uh, in, in the East. Um, but if, you know, if they don't, if they're like 75 and 95 or something or whatever the math is by the end of the season or like closer to 500 at the end of the season, that's a win for the Oriole, for an Orioles franchise for sure. Yeah, I do agree with you. That's definitely more significant for the Mariners. It's just interesting. You know, I think the Orioles has been so bad. It's just interesting to see them be good for a little bit. Um, and certainly with, it's just with that division, how good it is already. The fact that there's every team is not, doesn't have a losing record is, 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 is pretty interesting. But yeah, definitely good for the Mariners. I think that, you know, uh, it's looking pretty good that that streak will happen, I think, or will will we'll be broken after this. I mean, 14 games straight is not easy to do, and they're still going. So we'll see if the all-star break kind of stopped all that mo momentum a little bit, but that's going to be a really big team watching down the break. Real quick all-star update, uh, Shohei Otani base hit to center, first pitch of the game off Kershaw, and then Kershaw picked off Otani at first base. So Kershaw's ain't fucking around. Uh, and then the next <laughs> pitch struck out Aaron Judge, so. Pretty awesome. He's 0-2 right now to Devers. He's going to strike him out right here. Ready? Oh, I didn't give it to him. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously glued in. I'm trying, trying to multi-tax right now. Uh, but real quick, obviously All-Star game kind of kind of signifies the you know ending of the first half of, of the season. So just to kind of look back on the first half, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. We'll go disappointment first, surprise second. Alex, what do you got? Wait, say that again. I got distracted. Kershaw is very distracting. Okay, biggest disappointment first, and biggest surprise second of the first half of the MLB season. Oh, okay. Biggest disappointment. Um, 
I think you have to go with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> I mean, they're just like, what? Can we take you, an episode off of shitting on them? Like, we every uh, single week we go on here and just no. Okay, I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take an episode off. Okay, I think it's the Giants then. You won 107 games last year. Now you're 13 back in the division at the All Star break. You're out of a playoff spot. I might be making that number up. I don't actually. Know that. <laughs> it's pretty, they're in double digits for sure. I mean, it maybe it was you know they could definitely still go on a run, but you know for a team that looked like they were going to compete for another division, um, I mean you unless something crazy happens, they're not making that up. Um, so like you know, especially with how well the Dodgers have been playing um, and generally how well the Padres have been playing over this last like couple weeks here, um, pretty disappointing season from the Giants. Um, and I'm throw out the White Sox, but theirs is a lot more injury based. Um, and they still have a shot at their division if they, you know, really get going. But um, because I'm not allowed to say the Angels, apparently, even though Shohei and Trout should ask for trades, uh, <laughs> I'm going Bay, unfortunately. Um, James, biggest surprise and disappointment? Uh, disappointment first, because we're supposed to do that first. I wish Alex didn't add that last part uh, about the White Sox. That's what I was going to say. Sorry, I said, <laughs> the White Sox is my biggest disappointment because everybody in the world that they were a lock to win this division by far. Nobody thought anybody, any of these other teams would be anywhere close. And yes, injuries happen. You should have some, if you're a good team, you need to have some depth to cover that. Like, look at the Dodgers, for example. They have injuries too, yet they're still in first. <laughs> like, they're doing their thing. And that's it, it's part of the game. Injuries happen as part of the game. If, you have, if you're a good team, you figure it out. Next man up. The White Sox have yet to do that. And everybody thought they were going to be that team. Like, it wasn't even a question. But it, it's not coming in fruition. They're only three games back, which isn't a lot. But <laughs> this, this was their division to, to lose, and they're losing it. Uh, as opposed to my biggest surprise, it's the Orioles. This is the team that nobody thought was going to be anything. We just talked about that earlier. They're 500 right now. They're only six games away from matching their win total from 2021. They're eight games away from matching their win total from 2019 and then one game away from matching the win total of 2018 and there is still 70 games left to play that tells you a lot about this team huge surprise in my eyes and i mean it's a it's a feel-good story for them for sure i like it um yeah my just biggest disappointment james i agree with you is, is the chicago white Sox for pretty much the same reasons that you said i mean they were supposed to dominate the division they've just been struggling all year to your point james it has a lot of it has been injuries um, but nonetheless, like it's just, it's just a division that for me is too weak for them to be struggling this much. Um, they, they are still in it. And I do still think that they will make a run, but it's just, it's been a real bad struggle. And it's just not a team that I expected to struggle this bad, even with the injuries that they have had. So for me, they're the biggest disappointment so far. Uh, my biggest surprise is maybe come as a surprise to everyone else, but I'm going to say the New York Yankees, um, not the fact that they're in first place, but just how much they have dominated that division. I mean, the most competitive division in baseball, they've had pretty much a, a, a double-digit lead in that division pretty much all season long, and they've had an incredible start to the season. They've been playing and pitching way better than anyone expected. They're, they're, they're staying healthy. They're getting great seasons from pretty much everyone on that team. Like, there's not really one guy that's not really performing that well. They're clicking on all cylinders right now and looking like just an absolute juggernaut of a baseball team right now. Long season to go. We'll, we'll see how that, you know, plays going into it into October, but the New York Yankees look like a legit chance for a world contender. Like I probably had them in the power rankings, probably at, I don't know, six, five or six going in the season. And they've been pretty much number one since the second week of the season. So 
Um, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. So they look phenomenal. I just think I'm surprised that they've been this good. You know, I definitely thought they were postseason worthy, but to be this dominant was, is, is certainly a surprise for me. Um, James, or I mean, Alex, did you say you're surprised or did I just miss it? Uh, no, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's also another disappointment, but I mean, it's wow. a surprise, but it's a, it's a surprise, but in, in a more, I don't know. It's also like a negative one is like, it's just the Cubs. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They signed Marcus Stroman to like a big deal. They signed say Suzuki and now they're pretty much as they're worse than the pirates. And they're like the reds. I don't know what you're doing cubbies. You traded everybody away and then you kind of started your rebuild again and now you fucked it up already. So cubbies figure it out. All right. I like that. Uh, so yeah, that wraps it up for, for MLB this week. Uh, I like the jerseys they got this year way better than last year. Right guys. Like they kind of look like Vanderbilt a little bit, but other than that, I think the also jerseys look phenomenal this year. So hopefully you guys have are tuning in to watch that. Um, I guess obviously next week we'll, 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 we'll kind of recap that and we'll be into our second half of the season where things really start to get fun. So that's all I got for baseball this week. Thank you, Tyler. Did we rate the all-star jerseys last year? Like we did. the city connects. Okay. We did. We'll have to, when trading comes back next week, we'll have to rate. Yeah. I think we should rate them. I agree. Um, apparently I just learned that I hate the shitty of Chicago because I just the shitty white socks <laughs> and the Cubs. So <laughs> Chicago, I hate you. Um, Oh, well, uh, okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back. James is going to run us through some more fantasy top tens. Welcome back. We are, as we just talked about, we are midway through July, which means football is coming up. If you've been listening to the previous episodes, James has been running us through each fantasy position, and now we are two quarterbacks. James, take it away. Yes, everybody. It's quarterbacks, not defense and kickers, like Trayden had hoped. Good thing Trayden's not here, because we're not doing that ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number, number one overall for fantasy quarterbacks, I have Alex's best friend, Josh Allen. Out of Buffalo, obviously. I mean, this dude's rushing ability and his passing ability and his chemistry with Stephon Diggs is unparalleled and unmatched. I think he might just go back to back and win it once again. Tyler, what do you think? I agree with you. He's been he's been uh, the number one fantasy quarterback. Uh, he's he's got the full package. He's he's a great passer. He's he's he 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 adds that uh, um, rush component. Um, he's everything you'd want in a, in a fantasy quarterback, and he and he does it at a, at a great level. So there's no reason to doubt Josh Allen's number one right now. Alex, who do you think? My best friend with his full package, Josh. <laughs> oh, man. I really wish you guys were watching the video. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Pretty much just what you guys all said. I mean, this Buffalo team should be even better than it was last year. Um, Josh Allen's number one fantasy quarterback for sure. We have a clean sweep at number one because Traden also has Josh Allen. Number two, Tyler, who do you got? I got Patrick Mahomes at number two. This dude's a proven fantasy quarterback. Yes, the production has dropped a little bit last year, so he's probably not, maybe not in the prime of his career anymore. Um, but he's just, he's like I said, he's had six plus years of just great fantasy production. It's hard to really doubt him. It's, 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 it's hard to go wrong with him. So he may not be the top of his class anymore, but I think he's certainly a great pick. I got him at two. Fun fact, that is way higher than I have Patrick Mahomes. Alex, what do you have number two? Uh, at number two, I have my other boy, Justin Herbert. Uh, 
I get your I get what you're saying about Patrick Mahomes. Um, I just think they've lost too many weapons there. Uh, Justin Herbert is just continuing to be on the rise. Uh, he can also do it with his legs a little bit. He's got an absolute cannon. Uh, obviously, Keenan Allen is a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. I don't know what James is talking about. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I got Justin Herbert at number two. I also have Justin Herbert at number two. Uh, their own line has improved year in and year out, every single year since he's gotten there, which gives Justin Herbert more time to use that big field and use Mike Williams as a deep threat because <laughs> he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Uh, it's going to be great. Justin Herbert's going to be fantastic, number two overall. Traden also agrees with me and Alex and not Tyler because Tyler's an idiot. Justin Herbert, number two. Got to be different. Number three. <laughs> Got to be different. Number three, Alex, who you have? Number three is where I have Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'd have a lot of question marks about the guys underneath him um for different reasons and we'll get there when that comes up um you know and like you know pretty much what tyler just said i mean patrick mahomes you can say is the best quarter like normal quarterback not fantasy wise in football um he's still got travis kelsey we'll see what the rest of that receiving core could do but i've got pat mahomes at three Tyler, who do you got at three i got justin herbert at three uh really thought about putting him at two um i just kind of gave patrick mahomes the, the slight edge um there but you know justin herbert last year proved that there's no he did not have the, the sophomore slump that some rookies can have after a great first year i think he's pretty much proven himself to be you know one of the best top quarterbacks in the league he, you know the chargers love using him on offense he's, he's high volume which is great for, for, for fantasy obviously so justin herbert at three and number three i have tyler's version of patrick mahomes jalen hurts number Ooh. three rushing is king in fantasy for quarterbacks. And this guy led all QBs in rushing guards last season with 784 and in rushing touchdowns with 10 as a quarterback. And also the addition of Jay, or AJ Brown to help his passing stats a bunch. And he's still going to continue to run because that's what he does. So the combination of a great passing attack or one great wide receiver and the ability to run the ball gives you a top five in my book or top three. Uh, Trading had Patrick Mahomes in number three. Number four, Alex, who you got? Number four, I have Jalen Hurts. Fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, I th- we talked about this, or I talked about it during the wide receiver thing when I had A.J. Brown in my top 10. Um, obviously, with quarterbacks, Jalen Brown or Jalen Hurts. I'm still on basketball, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts, obviously, is great with his legs. If he can even take a step or two forward with his actual passing game, he should be an easy top top five uh, fantasy quarterback this year. Tyler, who's number four? I also got Jalen Hurts at number four. Fly Eagles fly. Uh, another year of experience. Uh, obviously, as James mentioned, he's a great rusher. Uh, he's got more weapons to work with this year. I think the offensive line is great. He's gonna they're gonna protect him well. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I think he's gonna be on. He's gonna have a huge upswing in in the in the fantasy rankings. Hurts uh, at four. I have Lamar Jackson number four because again, rushing is key. Uh, he's not as good as in terms of rushing because it, it, it starts to fall off as, after a certain period of time. But he also has the emergence of Mark Andrews, who is, according to many, top two in tight end. And having him be such a great option for Lamar Jackson is going to help his throwing take the next level, which means he's a dual threat QB, which is great. That's why I have a number four. And also, Trayton has Lamar Jackson at number four. Number five, Tyler, who you got? I got Kyler Murray at number five. Um, I think his passing has certainly uh, gotten better throughout his career. Rushing decreased a bit last season, which of course is fantasy wise is not always great. Um, but I still think he is a great fantasy option uh, that I think that Cardinals offense is, is, is one of the better offenses. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons to work with. 
Kyler Murray at five. I also have Kyler Murray at five. Um, he didn't rush as much as he did two years ago, but that can really be attributed to his ankle injury that he missed a couple games on. Typically, if Kyler Murray does well in fantasy, the Cardinals win. He was like the number three overall QB in fantasy in the first seven weeks, and the Cardinals were 7-0, and and then injuries happened. Uh, he's going to miss Hopkins, but Kyler Murray is getting better and better each and every year. Alex, who do you got at five? Uh, at five, I have Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, I still think he has some throwing upside. Um, obviously, Mark Andrews is an incredible tight end. Um, hopefully, he can, you know, do something with that receiving core, but um, I, I've got Lamar at five. At number five, Traden has Tom Brady. Number six, Alex, who are you starting off with? Number six, I have Tyler's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Um, Dak, you know, same thing. He started out being a little bit more of a running quarterback. He's sort of faded with that, but he can still get it, get it down. Um, and out of the, you know, real like running quarterbacks, I think he's the best thrower. Um, he's still got a pretty good receiving core. James, don't shake your head at me. I was uh, just looking at, <laughs> I was just looking at what a trade and put at number six, and I did not agree with it whatsoever. I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. Just as long as you still agree with me, because fuck trade. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I've got Dak at six. Um, Tyler, who you got at six? <laughs> uh, this is where I got Lamar Jackson at. Uh, you know, the production for him has dipped a little bit since the 2019 MVP season. Uh, he's still a great rusher. Uh, obviously, he's got lost some weapons, so I think his rankings probably dip a little bit because of that, but. He's certainly got great potential to be a great fantasy quarterback, uh, but but he falls here at six for me. At six, I have Patrick Mahomes. I had told you I had him drop a bunch compared to what you guys had him. Uh, but losing Tyreek Hill is a lot bigger than you guys think. Like outside of Travis Kelsey, it's going to be Juju. Come on, man. That dude's going to be dancing on logos and doing what else? Mm. Nothing, right? <laughs> the Losing Tyreek Hill, you lost your home run ability. You lost the one guy you could throw it one time to for – 78 yards and a touchdown and how many points are you losing with that you're losing six points of fantasy based off that one throw alone not having that sucks and nobody can replace him mccall hartman supposed to be that guy but mike dude he's been on the team for three years and hasn't shown shit and tyreek hill's been out a cup a couple times uh patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback he's a great pure thrower but without his weapons it's gonna be hard to produce and i know you guys have been waiting for this why did i shake my head at trading number six because he put russell wilson my guy, it's a new system. That's a new team, and I get you're talented, but it's going to be tough to be a top six quarterback in a brand new system. Russell Wilson at six for trading? I don't agree with it at all. Seven. What do you got, Tyler? Uh, this is where I have Tom Brady. Uh, I really didn't want to put this guy that high, but you just can't deny. I mean, he's the he's the GOAT. Uh, he put up great fantasy numbers last year. I think he was third last year uh, in, in fantasy. Um, obviously, coming out of retirement, you know, uh, different head coach. Um, probably going to be a little bit different there. Um, so I think he'll, he'll, the numbers won't be quite that high, but you just can't deny Tom Brady's greatness. And he's definitely going to put up top 10 numbers in uh, fantasy. What do you have at seven, Alex? Okay. Just to go back to your Patrick Mahomes thing real quick. Uh, I mean, Juju, you also are basing that off of him having Mason Rudolph and a 50 million year old Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him <laughs> last year. So like, hopefully he can do a little bit more with Patrick Mahomes, but I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> that's a fair point seven, i like that at number seven i've got kyler um i think there's a lot of question marks he kind of asked for a trade he and the cardinals organization don't seem to be meshing that well right now when healthy he's fantastic but i'm i'm a little worried that he's not going to be able to stay healthy 
um, just based on his size and the way that he moves. Um, and obviously when you lose D hop for your first six games, that's a lot. And there's no telling that he's just going to come right back in and be the same old D hop right away. Um, so you got to hope that some of those other receiving core guys help out. Uh, and you know, Zach Gertz continues his rebound in Arizona, I guess. Uh, Trader Grizzly, he also has Calum Ray at seven. For my number seven, I have Joe Burrow. Uh, reason being, he's going to become better and better. The Bengals are getting better and better each and every year. I mean, look what just happened. They made the Super Bowl. Their offensive line isn't that great still. But the cool thing about what Joe Burrow does and this offensive line does is this offensive line isn't great, but it's not great for running. There's no holes. They don't open up holes, which means the running game is pretty much zero. And Joe Burrow is really great on his feet. The guy evades tackles. He's sacked the most because he's been, you know, there's the most opportunity to sack him. But he's really, really good on his feet and throwing on the run. And that's what he's going to end up doing because they can't run the ball with such a porous offensive line, but they sure as hell can throw slants and get Joe, Joe Burrow points. Number eight, Alex, we got. This is where I have Joey B. Um, pretty much everything that you just said. Um, and I say this every single time, but if there's one of these guys in my bottom five that can end up in the top five, I think Joe Burrow is probably the one that's got the best shot at it. Tyler, yeah. I got Dak Prescott at eight. Um, he can be a little bit boomer bust. Um, that's why I think he, he, he falls a little bit here, but he looked great coming off that pretty serious injury that he had in uh, 2020, which is a good sign. I think he'll be even a little bit healthier, probably a little bit more mobile. Um, he's got a great offense there in, in, um, in Dallas, uh, but I think he, he, he falls here at eight for me. At eight, I have Tom Brady at 44 years of age. This guy led the league in passing yards and touchdowns last season. And so you're probably asking, why is he not higher in my rankings? Because he doesn't have any rushing ability whatsoever. He will lose you yards and give you negative points rushing every single game because he will never, ever go forward because he's 44 years old. That being said, he's going to throw the ball a lot. So that's why I have him in my top 10 at number eight. Uh, at number eight, Traden has Jalen Hurts. Number nine, Tyler, who you got? I got A.A. Ron Rogers here at number nine. Uh, losing Adams is a pretty big deal. Um, I think that's going to be a huge dip for him. Um, but I, I, like I said, I still think he's a top 10 fantasy option. Um, obviously there's a lot of, you know, drama and stuff going on with Rogers and all that, all that stuff, but you can't deny this dude's talent. He's, I mean, he's obviously getting a little bit older, but, um, I don't see how he can't be a top 10 again this year. Who's he going to throw to? Wide receiver, tight end, fullback, doesn't matter. He'll figure it out. He's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. He'll figure it out. Okay. I mean, I don't agree with you whatsoever, but yeah. Okay. Alex, who's your number nine? My number nine is Russell Wilson. Um, he's still got a little bit mobility left in him. Um, you know, I think he's got a good receiving core in Denver if they can all stay healthy. Um, honestly, I was just kind of stuck at this point. I do not agree with the AA Ron Rogers thing because there is nobody to throw it to in green Bay. So I got Russell Wilson at nine. I got Dak Prescott at number nine. It's the captain of the team that led the league in offense in terms of points last season. This isn't a running team anymore. We've always thought of Dallas being a running team with Zeke, but Zeke is getting worse and worse each and every year, and the falloff is tremendous. So Dak Prescott's going to have to kind of take this into his own hands. The reason why he's not as high up for me as everybody else is because he lost a couple of targets. Michael Gallup, Mark Cooper, CeeDee Lamb's got to really show up big time, and Dalton Schultz has to throw, show up big time to make, this, make plays for Dak Prescott. And trading also at Dak Prescott at number 10 or number nine. And number 10, last but not least, Tyler, who's your number 10? This is where I got Joe Burrow. I really want to make this guy higher. I also agree with you. I think this guy has the potential to be a lot higher at, 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 by the end of the year. 
Um, I mean, this guy has some of the most biggest confidence in the swag of any, of, of any quarterback. Uh, I don't know how that translates to translates to fancy points necessarily, but uh, I certainly think it, it, it helps a little bit. Um, I think the Bengals only get better. Um, so I got Joe Burrow at 10. And Jaden agrees with you. Alex, who's your number 10? Number 10 is where I've got old time Tommy Tom, Tom Brady. Um, mostly I dropped him just because he's losing two of his biggest targets in Gronk and Godwin. Obviously, we've heard that Mike Evans is going to go off because he's one of the only receivers in that offense now. But, um, you know, eventually Tom will have to start slowing down a little bit. And now this is probably, you know, the, the worst receiving core tight end group he's had in Tampa. Uh, so I've got him at 10. Fun fact, Leonard Fournette from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers showed up to camp weighing 260 pounds after playing at 220 during the season. Boy, got fat. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10 for me is a Hail Mary. Like big time. Nobody else has him anywhere close, but I do. I have Trey Lance. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> the reason being is because I'm really banking on his running ability, his arm strength, and Kyle Shanahan's ability to just make open plays. He had two starts last year. He had 24 rushing attempts for 120 yards, which shows you they're going to run the ball a lot with him, which I'd said before, rushing as a QB is key. He's a huge wild card, obviously, because he's only started in two games. But if he's sitting at round 11, I'm taking him at round 11. And that is top 10 QBs. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you, James. I really wish Eric was here because he probably would have put like Justin Fields at like four or something. <laughs> freaked out and it would have been awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for that. Uh, we're going to take another quick little break and then we're going to finish off with something a little fun because basketball is over. So um, we'll get to that uh, after this break. Welcome back. Uh, this is my segment. Um, you know, basketball is obviously over. We've kind of done some other off-season recap. Not a whole bunch has happened uh, since we talked last. So we're going we're gonna to fill around with something else here. Um, I saw this on Twitter, and it was one of those, um, you know, oh, wouldn't you love to see this guy in his prime versus this guy in his prime? The one I saw, the um, example was Allen Iverson and Steph Curry, which, you know, shorter guys – don't play a ton of defense, incredible scorers. That would have been fun to watch. Um, so I thought I'd ask the boys to kind of pick two or three, um, you know, different matchups. Obviously, these players could have been played decades apart. Uh, Tyler needed clarification right before this because it's Tyler and we love him. Um, so we're not going to start with you. So, James, uh, who, who would you like to see match up in their prime? It's honestly the biggest debate in all of basketball. Like, who is the greatest to ever do it, right? So I have three who will all compete against each other, but I have a good setup for it. And it's obviously going to be Braun, Kobe, and MJ. And you play king of the court. If you, nobody knows what that is, you play one-on-one. -on -one, and then if you win that, if you get a point, you stay on as the offense, and then the next new defender comes in. So it just they all play against each other, and you really get to see which athlete is better. Is it going to be Braun using his just physical athleticism to just plow through everybody? Is it going to be Kobe and his footwork? Or is it going to be MJ, a combination of both? It's, it's going to be really fun to see who is actually the best out of those three. That is a really fun one. I mean, I still think MJ is probably the best overall skilled, but Braun's probably got the most athleticism where Kobe's probably got the finest 
like offensive skills in a very under that is so tough that would be so fun uh someone that can make holograms and develop and do all that shit i need you to do that for us like when you bring tupac out on a stage but do that with all three of those guys but like when they're 24 years old okay cool thanks (laughs) uh tyler what about you uh, I thought, definitely thought about the uh, Michael Jordan versus Kobe and LeBron. Um, I thought that one was a little bit like, I think everyone wants to see that. So I wanted to go a little bit different. Train's not here, so I decided to do a hockey matchup. I thought about Connor McDavid and Wayne Gretzky. Uh, I think these are two of the greatest of all time to do it. Both played for the same team. Um, but to kind of see them go head to head, kind of old school hockey greatness versus new school hockey greatness, it would be just really interesting to see how those two would would compare on the ice and kind of going back uh, back and forth. So uh, Connor McDavid and, and Wayne Gretzky is, is, is my first pick. Okay. Um, I, because AI and Steph was the, um, you know, example, and I had a feeling one of you were going to say the LeBron Kobe, uh, Jordan thing. I skipped that and I went to baseball. And as we know, the best player in baseball plays on one of the worst teams, Shohei Otani. So it's gotta be Shohei and babe. And then that one of them pitches to the other while he hits, like and then they one. just switch, and there's nobody else on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, Shohei I think it's gonna be a massacre. <laughs> yeah, Shohei would probably destroy him because obviously Shohei's in a lot better shape. He has, you know, the abilities of you know, I don't Babe Ruth was not throwing 98 mile per hour per hour fastballs, 100 mile per hour fastballs, obviously, but because Shohei is now always getting compared to Babe. I thought that one would be really funny and interesting. Uh, but yeah, realistically, Shelly would probably destroy him. Uh, James, do you have another one? Yeah, I have. Um, I got two football ones. I have, but <laughs> these are way out there, man. <laughs> like they're way out there. Darrell Revis versus Cooper Cup. Cooper <laughs> Cup's obviously the darling of like this last year, football season. Like, oh my God, he scored the most fantasy points ever as a wide receiver. It's amazing. He's great. He won a Super Bowl. Cool. But did he play against somebody like Darrell Revis? Because nowadays people are always just defenses are playing more zone schemes and doubling up instead of just letting one guy just completely lock down another wide receiver. And Darrell Revis was known for that. They was literally called Revis Allen because he could shut down every single receiver that you put his way. Like, I think at one point he shut down Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, and Calvin Johnson, like big name wide receivers that he just made sure they didn't get catches. I think he, uh, he allowed a total of 58 yards on the season or some shit because he was that locked down. Nobody ever throws his way. Could Cooper Cup compete with that? They're not too far apart, all, in all honesty. And Darrell Reeves played in a more physical time period. Cooper Cup's more finesse. That'd be kind of cool to see. All right. I like that one. What's your yeah, Just go ahead with the other, your other football one since you're already going football. Uh, Jerry Rice and Jalen Ramsey. I just want to see Jalen Ramsey get his ass put on his ass just absolutely just murdered because jerry rice would destroy him that's why fair okay ty what about you yeah so like james i went with my favorite sport and i wanted to do a couple baseball ones uh so i did one like uh pitcher hitter matchup and one pitcher pitcher matchup uh so my (laughs) my my pitcher hitter i want to see these two guys go at it is uh nolan ryan and mike trout Uh, i think nolan ryan uh was a guy that just was the ultimate competitor just from I obviously I never saw him pitch but just the story that here and then the footage I've seen this dude was just you did not want to face this guy um he just threw gas and he was mean and he just came at you with everything he had I think Mike Trout you know doesn't have that same kind of intensity but he's just 
obviously the greatest hitter of his generation. I think he's, if anyone this, uh, this, this in age can, can compete against that, it would be Mike Trout. So I would love to see Mike Trout against uh, Nolan Ryan. And then my other one, which is, you know, kind of two starting pitchers going at it. It's probably pretty obvious, but Clayton Kershaw, Sandy Koufax, uh, two, two of <laughs> arguably the greatest left-handed pitchers to ever do it to see them uh, start, start, start a game and just go back and forth in their prime. I mean, goddamn! Like, well, how I would pay a lot of money to see that matchup for sure. I like both of those. Um, I think Mike Trout would probably get the better of Nolan Ryan, just because at the time Nolan Ryan was the one throwing that hard, but now everybody throws that hard, so we'd have a better sure. shot. Also, Mike Trout is just a monster just who should also man. ask for a trade. Um, <laughs> I had I just thought of another one as we were talking. I had Sid versus Gretzky. Um, mostly just because like, I don't want to talk about the Oilers. Um, and then I had kind of another one that's sort of out there. I don't really know exactly how this would work. Um, but the best defensive player I've seen in my lifetime, in my opinion, is Aaron Donald. He's an absolute monster. And one of the most electric quarterbacks, Mike Vick. I would love to see how oh. some that would work out. I don't, I mean, obviously there's a lot more going on in football than just AD versus Mike Vick. But ju- that would be insane to watch to me um, because, like, prime Mike Vick is nuts. And obviously, we're still in AD's prime, and he's incredible. So th- that would be – that was one I thought of earlier. And then right at the buzzer here, I thought about Shaq versus Giannis. I still think Shaq <laughs> probably destroy him. But, like, Giannis could pro- is probably one of the only guys in the NBA today that could at least put up a, somewhat of a fight. I mean, prime Shaq was just unstoppable, but Giannis two-time defensive NBA player of the year, obviously he's a monster as well. So I thought that would be interesting. Prime Shaq and prime Dwight would be good too. Ooh, that is a good one. That's just power versus power right there. Yeah. Let's see who can break the rim more times. Yeah, Yeah, that is a really good one. We'll have to get, uh, we'll have to get trading's opinion on this next week. We'll do it just like real quick or something. Um, but unless you guys have thought of any more that you haven't said, I, that's it for this app. Pretty quick. You guys good? Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I believe all four of us should be back next week. Uh, I think Traden is coming back. Uh, he should be back in town. So we, he should be back from eating poutine all the time. Um, we'll have to ask him how many LBs he put on eating all that. Uh, 35. 35. Other than that, uh, happy birthday again, Kylie. Happy birthday, Tyler. Uh, Thank you. Thank you guys all for listening and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.